All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better with Joel and Steve podcast. Yeah. I just I just horked back a couple of Reese's peanut butter eggs. (laughs) And I see a pug. Oh, my God. I see a pug in the screen and I must. I must get a screenshot. Booyah. Hold on. on. There we go. I'll get a better one. I got to get a better one. This is going to go. <laughs> that'll work yeah welcome to the podcast everybody glad everybody's here um yeah i'm sugared up and rested yeah the other and, night i ate an entire well this with the exception of one bite i ate an entire reese's peanut butter heart <laughs> oh it was well great. that's that's what uh kirsten got me well she got me some heart no no she got me some reese's Okay, so they I'm a big Reese's fan. So they have Reese's hearts, uh-huh. but they had Reese's pieces, mini Reese's pieces shoved into them. No, so they're, they're no. peanut butter, peanut butter pockets mm-hmm. with chocolate around them with extra candy with peanut butter in it. Yeah, I don't I want thought, I don't want the candy shell. I just want the peanut butter and the chocolate. But it gives it a little more crunch. I'm telling you, I, I, was, I just want, I'm the, up here. I want the creamy smoothness. I mean, I okay. get it. See, I don't even do crunch, like I don't do chunky peanut butter. No, I don't either, really. Mm. But I, so Kirsten got me those, and they were out of hearts. So she jumped the shark for Easter <laughs> and got me a bag of eggs <laughs> for my Valentine's Day. Hope you had a good Valentine's Day, Steve. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? That was nice. Yeah, you know, it's you know, low key, just because of gesturing broadly. It's like you, you can't go to a restaurant and like can't have a candlelit dinner you can't well you can i'm not gonna do it right yeah i know you can you totally can we've covered this yeah i know well i'm glad everybody joined us and listened in um do we have any housekeeping to deal with right now i would say the you know we're our instagram followers have kind of it's it's gotten a little stagnant is that on us is that on us i think Uh, yeah there was a couple weeks where i just you know it's hard being an influencer, Steve. I just didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have the the get up and go to. Maybe I'll put more stuff on there. I should like ask well, you, more questions. Teased that you've teased that we we're going to have guests. We are going to have some guests. We are going to have. Although it's really exciting. I got to work on this one guest. He's kind of in my mind and in your mind, I think so too. He's kind of a local celebrity. Yes. And uh, he he kind of essentially what I think. Yeah, I think he's going to join us. I'm very excited. And I'm waiting to hear back from him. I'm a little geeked out about that because yeah, that's right. gonna, like he's very cool and has a, definitely has a thing happening. Very cool and very and very interesting and very influential. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things that came together, and he's I don't know in my mind just a really a big deal. So hopefully he yeah. joins us. We have another big deal, um, and uh, oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. We have another big deal that uh, he says he's in. It just didn't work this week. Yeah, that's cool. So, uh, we'll get him on. I'm too. looking forward to that conversation as well. Yeah, that'll be good. He'll have a lot of mm-hmm. cool things to say. We go way back. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah. So follow us on the grams. I'll try to put more content. Yeah, trying to there. be a better podcast. Trying to be a better podcast. And if you, you, you want to correspond with us, uh, Eduardo, thank you for your yeah, email thanks, as always. Eduardo. Really nice. Hopefully Joel will get you your mug someday. It's, I'm looking at it right now, Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally right yeah. below me. um uh email ttbbpodcast at gmail.com yeah 
yeah so yeah ideas comments really criticisms great. whatever if you want to tell us you think we're really full of shit that's fine too really Hate great mail. exchange with your dog is looking at you and i can't wait to put this photo out there in the world <laughs> that you know that meme like find somebody who looks at you the way xyz looks at you right. i'm gonna put Find somebody that looks at you the way Steve's dog looks. But at see, her. the thing is, Joel, with her, it looks like love. But really, what it is is, why aren't you walking me right now? Why aren't you walking me right now? Why? She's literally pawing at you. Yeah, she's yeah. like pawing at you. Like, yeah, it's because she wants me to scratch her ears and take her for walk me or walk me and take care of me. <laughs> Give me attention. Give me it's attention. like me with Kirsten. It's just that's really what it is. Like you're here now and I'm here. Why are you not scratching my ears and or taking me for a walk? <laughs> and oh, by the way, where's my treat? That's what's my treat. It's it's not it's not about love of me. It's about what can I do for her? <laughs> what is it with you guys? This is you guys have a running thing with pugs. This is, this is what, pug what's number two. You, yes. Okay. Hold on. You have, I'm so glad I took a screenshot because you do. You have a pug looking at you, and you're wearing a T-shirt that says "Pugs, not drugs." Yes, this correct. is a problem. No, it's what's not. the deal it's with pugs? I'll send you my picture of me wearing. It's a very meta picture because it's me wearing slippers with pug faces on them, and then Sunny in the background oh looking at me. It's so funny. Oh my god, <laughs> it's beautiful. You got an obsession with pugs. I gotta tell you, cool. I I kind of like them. Yeah, they're pretty cute. It's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I realized that I had a problem when uh, I was out at a at a convention deal, and I was uh, had some time to kill. So I was literally Is this a pug sitting, convention, Steve. No, it was not a Is pug convention. A pug? But oh, okay, I was okay. sitting in my hotel room. I was sitting okay. in my hotel room watching videos of pugs snoring. And the guy that I went out there with, he had gone out and he came back. He's like, what are you doing? I'm watching videos of pugs snoring. And as soon as, as soon as I heard that coming out of my mouth, I'm like, okay, all right. I need to okay. Get I heard it. I heard it. It's a problem. It's a problem. I'm watching pug videos in a hotel room. But seriously, before you judge, get on YouTube and just search for I'm snoring not... pugs. It's hilarious. All right. It's funny. Snoring pug videos, everybody. You heard so, it here. So now that nobody's listening. Yep, everybody's gone, They're and the gone. two people that are left. What are we talking about, Steve? What you you have a the, thing? The idea came up. This is courtesy of my sister, and she asked me to not use this Hi, phrase, but she wanted she she wanted me to to double click on the topic of or the idea around how two middle aged quasi Christian white dudes in Nebraska mm. got involved in Buddhist meditation. <laughs> Well, you sent me that text and I was, I was like, she was, Kirsten was like, you know, did, did, did the, did the guest respond? I'm like, no, but I think we're talking about this. And I'm like, I feel like we've talked, she's like, no, we, you haven't really talked about the pathway to it. You've talked that you, you guys meditate and you kind of throw some, you know, phrases around and you've right. talked about it tangentially and you've mentioned it a lot, but you don't, you've not really shared a path to it, which I think is, I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. So yeah, no, I love the, the, the I mean, double it seems, click. It's kind of like I was kind of listening to our last podcast, just you know, for just because I listened to them. So are, are we full of shit? And uh, and I don't remember what yeah. it, I had a moment where I was like, 
like if I didn't know you and kind of your struggles and how you've gone from point A to point B, you know, mm-hmm. like I can, mm-hmm. like I could see how somebody from the outside would think, who the fuck do these guys think they are? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I try to, I really had that moment of like, are we full of shit? And then the end, no, I don't <laughs> think so. You know, mm-hmm. right. Like, are mm-hmm. we, are we believing our own bullshit? Like when it comes to Buddhist meditation or just, just or things just, in general or trying to be better, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. like what, what, but, but then like we get emails from Eduardo and we talk yeah. to people and people, you know, say like people that I know will say like, I listen, I thought it was really great, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I like, you know, that external validation, I guess is nice, but yeah. also like, I, and we, I have, I think said this before on the podcast, but the thing of like, I've known you for a long time. I've watched you go through your struggles and I have seen a very definite change in you around Mm. the practice of meditation. Like I've seen, I've seen it Mm -hmm. work in your life in very practical tangible ways yeah and and that's Um, real i mean some of it could be you know it's like oh you know we're using different phrase we're using different phraseology you watch your phraseology um sorry (laughs) i just i just went straight to i think the music man sorry weird (laughs) reference i don't know i'm tired no you can quote musicals if you need to yeah that's totally but like the way you know, there's some expressions and I, of course I can't think of one right now, but that are very related to, um, meditation. Sorry, lost my train yeah. of thought. That's bad. Cause I'm no, I, podcast right now, but, but my point no, is, I, is that like that, um, like, I think when you get it introduced to, well, I mean, I would, I would, I would say that my introduction to meditation is crude as it may have been, would be like sitting and listening to the Grateful Dead in 1990. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like literally just sitting and listening to something. Yeah. And like paying attention to a single point, which yeah. may have been that ripping guitar solo yeah. or whatever, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or that spacey ass Dark Star jam from whenever, you know. Yeah. And just quietly listening to something that wasn't my own head, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And that's yeah. A very... Or having a, having an anchor or a focal point or something that yeah, yeah. you could kind of sit with that distracted you from your own str- thought stream. You know? Um, that's, yes. I mean, that's, that's a, I, I, yeah, I have a similar experience with that. Well, not really. I mean, I, yeah. So no, I'm totally down to talk about that, especially because in that text from Libby and thank you for that. Um, she mentioned to, you know, quasi Christian white dudes from the Midwest getting into Buddhist meditation and, and th- that, you know, that's hit the nail on the head. I mean, I was raised in a Christian, in the Christian tradition. I was raised with, you know, um, a Missouri synod Lutheran elementary school. Um, I had, when my parents got divorced and my mom got remarried, my stepdad was a United Methodist pastor. My mom became a licensed local United Methodist pastor. And then when I got into my teenage years, I was kind of in, in, totally in deep into the Methodist church and doing youth stuff. I worked for a, for a Methodist church. I worked as a youth leader for so a Methodist church. We never did church. talk about rainbow camp. <laughs> oh, rainbow. 
Okay. All right. So Rainbow Camp, we didn't talk about Rainbow Camp. And now it's time to talk about Rainbow Camp. And we're doing it. Rainbow Camp it is. Well, Rainbow Camp, and I will, it was a camp at, at the this United Methodist Church camp, Camp Kamika. And those, there's going to be, well, I know Eduardo knows about Camp Kamika, but back in the 90s, there was a, uh, a, a summer camp there for high school, high schooler, high school age kids. And it was called Rainbow Camp. And it was, it was pretty out there. And I don't know how long of the history it was before I started going to it, but that was a high school camp where like, we did guided meditations and we did have like nightly talent shows and we wrote poetry and, and it was very spiritually explorative and it was very progressive. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't evangelical free church shit. It was, it was pretty out there. It was pretty interesting and progressive. And, and I can recall one iteration of that and it wasn't rainbow camp. It was a, it was a Christmas time thing we did where I did a guided meditation. I remember my conservative, um, parental unit, one of my conservative parental units at the time being very skeptical of guided meditation. And it was like, that's how the devil gets in or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, I kind of reject. Like I kind of, at that time I did it. I was like, no, that's dumb. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And that was, mm. and thank goodness for those folks in that progressive place. Everybody knows says, that like, heavy metal have... music is how the devil gets in. <laughs> well, it was, it was also like, any sort of any sort of um you know weird spirit not weird i don't know progressive spirituality like it was it was frowned upon like if you if you believed in gay rights you were you know there was a lot there still is a lot of division in that church um and i don't mind putting them under the bus i give zero fucks because they're tearing themselves in half um and uh and any church and any Christian faith right now that's not on the progressive bus is going to die. So um, that's my opinion. Um, but anyways, it was, yeah, Rainbow Camp was this wild place. But like, I would also like bring cigarettes to camp and would like sneak out of the cabin and go smoke cigarettes. And then like the the counselors would come down and be like, oh, you're smoking. I'm like, yeah, I'm smoking a cigarette. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to sit with you and hang out, you know, like mm-hmm. while you're here, you that's know, cool. and like talk to you. Like they didn't, they didn't call my parents and kick me out. They're just like, right. yeah, we'll just hang out. I just want to make sure you're safe. You don't burn the place down. How are you? And then I was like, oh, like the, the cigarette in my hand was enough rebellion. I thought that would keep people at bay and right. that would no. be the issue. Right. And, and they were like, nah, we don't care about that. How, how are you? And then I was yeah. like, oh, I have to talk. And that was really, you know, that was a really big deal. So, so that Rainbow sounds Camp like a really positive experience. Out there. That sounds oh, like it was positive. great. It was totally great. Okay. Yeah. Because when awesome. you first when you Sorry. brought that yeah. up in the when you mentioned that in the first podcast we did, I thought that it was going to be the opposite of that, really yeah. like no. tight and restrictive and kind of no. weirdly controlling and no, not at all. it was very not at all. It was very okay. out there. That makes right. me happy. Yeah, it was really great, and those those folks really taught me that. Like, and this is why I, I have a lot of resentments that I need to work through with you know certain traditions of faith and um but i i can't argue with that one Mm. you know that particular experience was really really good and helped me a lot so um anyway that's my i mean my christian and even like you know i went to acting school and i went to I, i have two degrees in theater and i was in living in la when i moved back i i i was kind of like well crap you know, I was going to do this arts organization thing in Omaha that sort of fell through due to a couple of personalities there. I did still going, but it just wasn't for me. 
and um and so i was like i was kind of lost i was like what do i do and mm -hmm. and i had to reach that. out to yeah i reached out to I was, I reached out to the associate pastor at um, a, church, a United Methodist church here in town because of places like rainbow camp, because they were so open and progressive. I was like, man, I really want to work with young people. I really want to teach. I really want to, but like, but I reached out to him because I just needed some guidance. And he was like, we need a youth leader. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cause I needed a job, you right. know? So I did that for a while. Uh, My recollection of really that good. is that, is it that your first response wasn't, yeah, okay, sure. It was more like, that's not really what I'm looking for. Is that yeah? Correct? I mean, what, what know, I, told, I remember sitting down was like, eh, I don't know if that's. I mean, yeah, I need a job, but I don't. And then you then you kind of thought about it from. I was like, wait a minute, that could be good. Because like, it, a good it, job. And, and that's the, that's that's really true. And I and I, yeah. Um, I it wasn't like in the interview. It wasn't like an acting job or a drama job. It was a no. It was something outside of what you just spent a whole bunch of time and money studying for. Yes. But it was also a salary with benefits. And they also, right. I mean, in this, in the, in the interview process, they said, you know, I remember saying to them like, Hey, this is kind of where I'm out of my faith journey. I've been sober for X amount of years. I have a, a spiritual life mm -hmm. and I do have beliefs in God at the time. Um, but I don't know that I would necessarily call myself Christian. I'm still kind of seeking. And they're like, great. And, and That's I said, cool. well, and I said, you know, I'm willing to investigate this stuff. And obviously I will be on brand somewhat, Sure. but I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be somebody on fire for Jesus. And they're like, fine. And they're like, these, these young people need somebody to discover things with and like be curious about God and, and figure out how that spiritual path works with their life. Like we think that you're a creative and interesting enough person and you're not, you're not bullshitting us. Mm -hmm. We'd rather have somebody like that. That's the kind of stuff I witnessed at rainbow camp or United sure. Methodist church camps. And they're like, you'd be great. Let's try it out. And, um, that team of people at that church was so great. Like they I, really I was, were like, I, guess I was some of those folks. They were fantastic. I, I talked to an, uh, one of the youth, uh, from that time, he's now like 22, 23 years old, which is nuts to think about. But he was like, we were talking about the the lead pastor at that church at the time. I'm like, that's he that pastor's gonna be probably go down as one of the best bosses I ever had. Was that was that uh Bevins? No, that was that was David Lux. Oh, right, 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 right. Thank you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I mean, yeah, but how I got from there to kind of where I'm at now is a wild story. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. Was I was that 10 years ago. Was that yeah, that was 10 years ago. That Holy was moly. Yeah, it was over 10 years ago because we moved back right around this time in 2010. So, yeah, it's about 11 years ago now. Wow. But I was, yeah. That was, was a great time for uh, us as as friends because I worked downtown and you worked downtown and oh, we'd yeah. have lunch and hang out. And... We'd go eat at the um, South, uh, the SEC, uh, what was that snack Sky bar Mart. place? I love Skymart. Skymart, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Greg oh. Skymart. Skymart, the, the salad bar sidekick assistant's name was. Oh my god. <laughs> Remember that guy? He, that guy, he he brought even with his sarcasm, just like great. just sort of he yeah, he made every brighten everybody's day. He totally. Yep. That guy was awesome. I wish I could remember his name. Skymart. <laughs> the salad punch cards. <laughs> oh my god. So Skymart salads. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that. 
that was a good time for you and I because we uh-huh. were yeah we were downtown and we could eat lunch we're, all the time and hang out. We were not doing any Buddhist meditation back then. No, although I really could have used it. Yeah, right. Well, I, uh, I, hindsight. I mean, yeah. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I uh, I could I I think what happened. I, I'm trying to like put together the dots here because what happened was you know I left that job because I I got a couple of teaching jobs um enough to kind of make ends meet and it was like this is what I really want to do and it and that was doable and then you know full-time position came together all of those things that was a that was I think think that that was a leap of faith time for you because you have like a cushy stable gig and you're like but I want to go teach and I have these two things and yeah like I remember you kind of throwing you're like well i feel like i'm being pulled in this direction so i'm gonna go with it yeah and it was a little hairy because i was making i was adjuncting at both at two different universities so i was able to make ends meet but in the summer there was no money coming in so it was a little hairy around Mm -hmm. the house you know right but it was the right thing to do because they the church was like we they were getting they were getting we were all getting ready for me to be sort of the college age pastor at unl and I'm like that title, that thing. I have no desire to go to seminary. I have no calling in the ministry, really. Right. I'm not that. That it ain't me, babe. That's kind of what I thought. I'm like <laughs> it ain't me. Right. It ain't me you're looking for. Right. And I, and it should go to somebody that has that desire. I just wasn't me. And I got these. It was just a perfect match. But at the time, spiritually. I was really feeling at least in recovery rooms, like, and and I've described this to other folks. I felt like I was trying to piece together a God of my very limited understanding through all of the different fragments that I heard in the rooms and it wasn't working. And even if, even if I did try to do that, it just wasn't there. I wasn't, I had no practice. I had no, I had no practical application of any sort of faith. Right. And you and really then think that, you really think that's true? Well, I was moving my feet, but I definitely needed to grow spiritually. It was kind of the grow or go thing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely true. My feet were moving. I could act as if everything was fine, but internally it felt very disjointed, honestly. And I was really kind of like, I don't know that I believe in God. I don't know that I really believe that there is a divine thing out there in the world that has any bearing, you know? And it's funny because as I was mentioning this topic to Kirsten, she was like, well, you know, your brother was a practice practitioner and a Buddhist. And I remember giving him shit, you know, like, mm. you know, I remember giving him a hard time and he'll probably laugh when he hears this. But um, also I was I was starting to embrace some things like with my mental health and mm-hmm. embracing anxiety and naming it anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was also doing stuff that like didn't make the anxiety any better. You know, I was, the way I was working was really attached to, you know, people, uh, you know, getting praise or, or validation. And it was just causing yeah. me more and more anxiety. And I, I, I was telling my therapist today, who's kind of based in mindfulness-based stress, stress reduction. I was telling him that I, I started practicing meditation and seeking the Dharma as a, as a, as an aversion to the, to get away from my own anxiety. Mm -hmm. And what I found was it was like everything pointed to, no, 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 you need to embrace and take care of your anxiety. You know, I wanted it to go away. I wanted to bliss out. I had done a few, I'd done like a, 
a float tank and I had, I had listened to some instrumental music for an hour and tried to like meditate, but I knew I needed something formal. And that's when I started, actually, I started going to a recovery based Buddhist meeting every week and started practicing, started reading. I bought a copy of a few different books and a few different sutras and started reading that stuff. And I just started practicing every day. It was like, I got to do this every day. And that's kind of been the case for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that's a fast for that's a really fast story about, I feel like I've been talking for an hour, but yeah, so that's, that's been, you know, that's my, that, that was a little bit of my path and it's, I, I don't know. I think it's cool that you say like you've seen a difference because sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely been something that I, I wouldn't do without right now. I, I was telling my therapist today, like, I don't think that, and he's kind of a meditation teacher now too, but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not do that. I, 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 it's like, it's like I've crossed, you know, like those, those spikes that you drive over one way, but you can't go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> like once that awareness is there, I, if I tried to reject this right now, I'd tear my tires up. That's kind of sure. how it feels, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a little bit about my what's uh what how did you, was it how did you start doing it because it's well, sort of the same like, way I've done everything which is you know riding on your coattails. <laughs> uh, my flowing my flowing uh, monk robes. Vestments, yes. Oh God, no! I'm not but, a monk. I'm not a monk. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a no. No, well, yeah, but I mean that's okay. So. It, as far as like, you know, when you get into recovery, it's pretty heavy on the whole parameditation thing, right? Yeah. Well, so they so, say. Um, like the prayer part, I kind of had down, right? Um, yeah. I prayed on my knees every night for years. Maybe I should yeah. start doing that again. But I mean, that really helped a lot. Like mm-hmm. that, there was concrete proof in my life that the act of physical what's the word i'm looking for supplication whatever just like get on your fucking knees and say a prayer Mm. right if nothing else you do Mm. nothing else to benefit yourself to Mm. engage in a process of recovery for yourself do that right because if you can't do that or won't do that then what are you doing here right you know and uh and that was like some like the hardest times in my life through external circumstances that i had created for myself right Mm -hmm. i don't know that without that simple action of getting on my knees and asking a god that i didn't necessarily believe in for help you know and expressing gratitude um i don't know that i would have made it you know and that's real. Yeah. And, and so, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, our friend Jack talks about, you know, asking, asking four walls for help you know, <laughs> right? you know, or words yeah. to that effect, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about the act of prayer is that it doesn't matter whether you believe in capital G God or not. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that act that is powerful. Yeah. It's a way of, letting go of the reins or whatever just saying there might not be a god 
but I know it ain't me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like that's all that really matters from a, mm-hmm. a recovery perspective anyway, is yeah. time, time to stop playing God. Right. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to, this is where I, this is where I, I don't know if we've even really talked about that, this, so this may be really interesting, but um, I, I think around that time I, I'd never, I've never really, I tried to like do the, the supplication or the um, humbling myself by praying on my knees. And I, and this may be controversial to, to you or to anybody out there in recovery, but there was a time where that's all they're like, well, that's how you got to pray, do it or don't like, if you don't do it, you're not really praying. And I, and I always rejected that. And I still reject that. Um, not that I don't think it's right for anyone else. It's just not right for me. Sure. And um, I, I was at a point where probably through my own actions, sure. But I was unwilling, I was 100% unwilling to pray in the way that I had done before something needed Mm. to needed to be revolutionized. Mm. And that's when sitting in meditation became very humble. So there's, there's something like I was unwilling to the physical form of putting my kneecaps on a ground on the ground. I just didn't do, but sitting on a cushion upright and dignified, but also close to the ground and, Mm -hmm. and being just being there. Well, I think actually gave me that, gave me that, that honest, uh, humbleness where it's not that I have this (laughs) clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but seriously, I, I, I don't do that. I don't believe, I don't pray to God. I don't pray to God. I do not have, I do not have a being or deity out there in space that is, that is singular and interested in me. I don't Hmm. believe that. I don't know that I necessarily believe that either, but I do believe in some sort of cosmic order. Mm -hmm. Like I believe in the force. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. No matter how Disney fight it may be now. (laughs) Hey, there's more of it. There's, you know what I mean? That's the great thing about Disney. There's more, there's more to consume. Um, but, but so like, I mean, like, like when I would get, I mean, I think it's the same, it's the same thing. It's just a different physical action. Yeah, I agree. Right. I it's agree. like knees, mat. Uh, <laughs> do you have a God? No, but I have a mat. I have a mat. Well, there's <laughs> something, here's the thing, dude. There's something real about that because I have a meditation bench that I can sit I mean, on a cushion, sitting in the lotus position, I can sit there for a good maybe 15 minutes before my legs start to die. And I have a I have a meditation bench and I'm literally kneeling. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on it, but it's also on. Yeah. Okay. Just kneeling. But I can I can kneel in that way uh, for a lot longer. So I'll, I'll I can I could kneel for an hour, you know, or more. Well, that's what um, I, I love about Sharon Salzberg is she's like, you can sit or you can lay down. Mm-hmm. You can close your eyes or not. Or not. <laughs> I just like, that's so like, I love that. Yeah. Like, do you? Yeah. I, I yeah. And so there's like, there's that, that, that's funny. I'm, I should, I, I, I really need to laugh at that because it's like, I refused to kneel in prayer, but I will kneel in meditation. <laughs> Here's the thing. Good night. Fucking cares. Thanks for for listening to everybody. (laughs) Who cares? I mean, here's the thing. I'm not, I, 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 maybe I am praying. You come in and you, you, you would see me 
in that position and you would you could say either he's sitting in meditation or he's praying to a god what what none of that matters because i'm getting to a point where you know that the act of meditation is is a part of the pie and it's one of the things that it's a pra- it, I practice mindfulness so that when I'm out there in the world and a coworker upsets me, I don't flip my lid or I don't, you know, it's like that I practice that there so that I can apply it out there. And, um, I'm not there asking for, uh, you know, the, the invisible sky daddy to take away my bad things. Um, <laughs> nor am I there, honestly, I'm not there to like, because I think that you and I are talking about similar things and that we get to a point where we took a bunch of actions that caused us a lot of pain and suffering. I mean, that's, that's vague enough, right? Yes. And I was trying to ask this God to remove those things, make me, make me feel better, you know, make me feel better. And I think if maybe if there is a God, I'm not, maybe there is. And that, that God, she said, I'm going to lead this, young person joel to meditation because that's the only way he's going to get it and i get it so here's i'm not the- i'm not perfect out of what i'm saying is that i get that i i get out of meditation what i always hoped would happen when i prayed okay so here's i think maybe a difference is that i've never sat in prayer um asking to have like make me feel better like that's Mm. never really what it was about Mm -hmm. it was more about um okay these are the situations that i'm in yeah i am not going to be able to do this without some sort of guidance Mm. and strength that i Mm -hmm. don't have right now Mm -hmm. so if you're out there Mm -hmm. throw me a bone (laughs) And and what I would argue in a very simplified way is that what I'm discovering with a, a Buddhist path is that it's not like if you're out there, help me out. What I have discovered and what I'm playing around with, and there could be f- folks further along in their practice that will I would love to be you know shown or or given a different I- idea or answer. But what I it's not like if you're out there, help me out. What I think meditation has taught me is that um, if you're in there. Um, I, I need my own strength and it's not, mm. it, it really, it really does kind of butt up against some of this idea in recovery, which is complete powerlessness. I'm reading a book right now called one breath at a time that sort of is a, a, a Buddhist supplement to the 12 steps. And, um, I'm just starting it. So I shouldn't mm. really even talk much about it, but what he talks about in there is a little bit like this idea of powerlessness is, is totally translatable, but when you're coming at it from a very Judeo-Christian sort of, I need a power out there to fix me. Mm. Um, what, what I, what I have come to learn through studying the Dharma is that, that we are all born innately with, with the Buddha, with the Buddha nature, mm. different from we're born as sinful beings that need yeah, forgiveness. I, I have a really, really, really hard time with that second thing. Yeah. You've, because, you've mentioned that because I've held my newborn daughters. Yeah. And the thought of some religious institution saying they're broken. Yeah. Really infuriates me. Yeah. Right. Because they're not. No. They're born perfect. Yeah. They're pure. They're, yeah. they're, they're, and, and physically, the, I mean, they, the only yeah. way that they're going to be okay is to spend the rest of their life supplicating 
to, well, us. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if you want to get, and I am not, again, if we have to do the disclaimer, I'm <laughs> an MFA. I'm not a psychologist, nor am I a Buddhist practitioner or teacher, nor am I any of those, you know, but the idea too, that um, if you really think about everybody that we've talked to new folks in, in the rooms of recovery that talk about their idea of God as, as, well, I can't do this and I can't believe in that. And I can't, I reject that. And a lot of that I'm finding out is we project that because of our relationship with our parents or authority mm. figures or the police or, 100%. You know, and it's like, you know, um, it's a lot, it's a lot more to sift through to try to get to, I don't know. I just, and I'm not here saying bagging on anybody's faith, right? Because I think there are amazing folks who are Christian or Muslim. I, I know or, a lot of them actually. That's yeah. where I have to, I have to, that's where I have to step back and be like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Rainbow camp. Yeah. Or just people that I've met at my church that I love yeah. and that yeah. have their faith that I have a shitload of problems with, but it totally works for them. Yeah. So it's like, where do, that's where I really have to check myself. Yeah. And I, that wholesale condemnation of a religion that I have problems with for a, quite a few pretty legitimate reasons yeah. for whatever reason works for that person. Right. And so right. it's, I, you know, I have to, I have to really check myself on that level. Yeah. Cause I I'll read the news and I'll get just furious. I'm like, that's it. I'm out, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, human institutions with given enough influence and power and money will, and money and, and fear of not being an institution anymore will do right. a lot of harm, you know, and that's not just a Christian thing. No, no it's universal. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's probably, mm -hmm. you know, Buddhist temples that have been very abusive. We've heard horrible things about, you know, uh, really uh, well-respected monks doing, you know, being very abusive or, you know, so there's, Systems want to remain systems. We, and we've also heard really horrible things about really loved and well-respected comedians. Exactly. <laughs> right. It turned or, out to be total monsters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, just <clears throat> yeah. Or, or really deeply affected and abused uh, human beings that took that out on others in really, really violent, horrible ways. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, no, no institution is I, perfect. I want to, double back sure uh and give a shout out like because I, I would be remiss to not mention your brother yeah yeah colin yeah because of his sure. example yeah like uh, colin and i aren't like i i always enjoyed being around him and i was kind of for a long time kind of intimidated by him just mm. because of his it was really kind of interesting when he started when we started hanging out more Mm -hmm. um, to watch his kind of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, but to open, cause Colin has always had a way of, um, just speaking. Yeah. Like getting right, like right into the heart of the matter yes. with like a sentence. Yeah. But just very like one good. one turn of phrase, and I just just standing there like, what are you, some kind of fucking Buddha? <laughs> you know, yeah, right? like I, you know, yeah. it turns out like, oh, that's probably where that comes from. Yeah, is that he's probably 
he's probably blushing listening to this right now, but he's always, I mean, he's, he's always been that to me. And I, I, and you know, uh, uh, yeah, especially watching him after he spent five months in Dharamsala, India, you know, working and, and, and having that whole experience and, and really being a practitioner, I gave him a lot, I gave him a hard time about that. Here's the other thing too, you know, like he's got, you know, like when I started practicing and kind of finding it in my own way, it was not like it, it was, it was, ju- it was a lot like when, like when we talked about this in that podcast from 2017, when I started listening to the Grateful Dead, you're like, great, get into it, find your own way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was kind of worried my brother was gonna be like, no, nah, you're doing it wrong, you know, which is total bullshit. Right. He was just like, awesome. Here's a book. You should try this. Like, right his excitement about the, the, the beginner's mind that I was experiencing, he was really interested in. It was very supportive, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had another dude, Josh, Josh Collins, who was super influential and, and Jeff Picaro was super influential to kind of show me the way. And Mm -hmm. like, not that they're any, they're not experts or monks, they're just practitioners, but they, you know, like, I remember, I remember, and this is a shout out to Josh and and I knew Colin practice, but this was something else when I was really like decided I wanted to do this and was going to a couple of meditation meetings throughout the week. And I, and I sort of flippantly asked him like, so how often do you meditate? He's like, ah, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning and then maybe 10 or 15 minutes at night. And it was like that new, like a newcomer when you tell them you go to four meetings a week and they're like, What? And, or like, you've been t- sober 10 years. You're like, how? Like, he was like, yeah, that, you know, once in the morning, once at night. And I was like, well, shit, I could do it too. If this guy can do it, he just yeah. ta- like, he just does it. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I guess I can do it too. And that's when I, that was when I made the commitment to like every day, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's been like, obviously you need examples and Colin is definitely one. Josh and Jeff were definitely, definitely big influences too. Um hmm. Just that it was possible that people could, that people actually did it. It was that Buddhism wasn't something you just, you know, bought the t-shirt for and talked about how cool it was. You actually like that these people were actually doing it and like applying it to their lives Uh was pretty, was, it was just the, it was just the nudge I needed, I guess. I, and I talked about this, I think last week, but just because I'm not, I would say, I mean, I'm still very much a, I love that concept of beginner's mind. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. it's important to maintain that. But anyway, like I'm still, I, I feel like a muggle, you know, <laughs> but I'm trying, you know, and the, yeah. the benefit, like my, you said something last week, but like the more you sit, the more you see the shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like that's so real. And we talked about like that, the flower meditation. I mean, just stuff that it it, it has forced me or maybe not forced is not the right word, but it's opened me up to ways of thinking and being Mm -hmm. like, even just like my morning routine, which fundamentally hasn't changed in years. Mm-hmm. But like when school's in session, our, our, our morning routine is a, was like a Swiss watch, a lot yeah. of moving parts, everything yeah. happens pretty much the same time. Right. right? And I can, like, mm-hmm. if I start to feel like we're off or it's not going right, or like, if I'm worried about work or something, like I can get, like, it's not a lot of fun, you know, but since I've started yeah. meditating, 
when I start to, when I feel that tension kick in, I just breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be yeah. cooking breakfast or putting on dishes or whatever. And instead yeah. of being all balled up about something that may or may not happen in two or three hours, I just, mm-hmm. I just focus on my breath. Oh, there's my friend. There's mm-hmm. the breath, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, as I'm doing the task and I don't yep. get. Yeah, balled up about I was, it. I was talking. Yeah. I was like, talking what? to, a, like, that's I was a talking to a teacher. Thing. I was talking. Yes, it is. Because I was talking to a teacher about this is that, I mean, the, the beauty of it is what's possible for me is that I can, I can go throughout my day and something could potentially come up. And if I, if I, if I am practicing, what I've found is that while sitting, I can observe my thoughts and feelings coming and going. And I realize that just like my body, just like the weather, just like the sun, things come and go, nothing is permanent and everything within me is transitory and doesn't have any fixed point. I can't pick out any one thing within me that makes me, me. And one thing that I'm really, really used to is that my thoughts and my feelings, my memories, my past trauma, my excitement about the bands that I listen to, whatever, mm-hmm. I tried to tell myself that that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And also all the bad shit, and this is quote unquote bad shit, but the things that hook me, right? Mm -hmm. Anxiety, fear, lust, anger, those things I start to identify with and say, well, that's me. And I chase that all the way down the river. And what meditation has taught me is this idea that I can just observe those and watch them come and go. If something comes up that is unpleasant, I can, I can take care of it. Mm -hmm. And I can say, Oh, I'm so I'm, I'm anger. I see that you're here. Anxiety. I see that you're here. You're welcome to be here. Um, and, you know, anxiety, here's a weighted blanket and anger. Here's a punching bag and, <laughs> you know, joy. Here's, here's the record player and you can right. play in the house. You can't destroy it. You get to be here. Cause I know you're not going to be here forever. That is, that is a reparenting of myself or yes. a, it's not to say that I'm my own higher power, but mm-hmm. that is discovering the innate Buddha nature within me being allowed to take care of its, its, its children. It's, it's you know, take care of these things because Mm -hmm. they, they come and go Mm -hmm. before this experience. I had to, I, I had to identify with all of those things, my joys, my fears, my anxieties, my anger, my lust, my ego, all of that stuff needed to, I, I, that was me. All all that stuff that was either comfortable and uncomfortable or neutral. It had to be me because it was coming from me and Mm -hmm. thoughts. Yeah. So that's what, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much longer, but that's, I mean, that's what you, when you talk about that, like I can breathe there, I can observe what's going on and I can see, and I don't have to identify with it. And I think when I think back to a few years ago, I mean, my whole life, not just a few years ago, having that as a practice would have kept me from a lot of scrapes, but I wouldn't have got to the practice without those scrapes. So here I am, you know, takes what it takes. It does, man. Is that is that the whole, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears kind of thing? Kind of. And that's kind of, a, I mean, I think there is a lot of benefit to having a teacher or having a mentor or having a sangha, which is, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Buddhist word for community. Mm-hmm. Um, and having, having that, I, I'm at a point, I think with my practice that I, I, I would like to have a meditation teacher, um, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think I want that. That's interesting. Um, not just, not just for accountability, but just to kind of continue to discover and try more things. But, um, but yeah, but I think that there's also like, 
that's the thing is that it's not an opportunity to be like, I have to go to the dark secret ghost in the sky for the answers. I, I have all of that within me and all of these things that I've put on top of me is the thing that's clouding the, the path. And that may, I, I think 10 years ago, if you'd have told me that I would have been like, well, you can't pick, you can't be your own higher power, Joel. And I don't think that's what it is. You know what I mean? I'm not like following my ego. I'm following, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I used to think that that's when people say you, you can't be your own higher power. It's like, that's not what, that's not what this is. You know, back to George Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the first George Clinton album I ever had was free your ass and your mind will follow. That is great. No, sorry. I had that backwards. Free your mind free, and your ass will follow. Free your mind and your ass will follow. Yeah. 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 I, and, and yeah, I mean, and I thought, you know, just to, to crib from, uh, Oh God damn. It, I just lost it. Samuel L. Jackson in uh Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just some, I just thought that was a cool phrase. You know, I just thought that was some cool shit to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I thought that was some cool shit to say before you pop the cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as I get older, and a little yeah. bit wiser i'm like no that that's i mean it is a great album cover but <laughs> there's some truth in there too yeah well Treat and it's not like mind will follow <laughs> well, <laughs> that way too, you know yeah that that's that's the name of this episode all of a sudden <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> but yeah it's it's like i i wanted to i wanted my mind to expand and what i realized was not that my mind is my problem. My mind is just my mind mm-hmm. and, and letting it be, it, it's a process of not like freeing it through any outside circumstances or some sort of like, I don't do TM, you know, I don't do transcendental meditation. I'm not trying to go to another dimension. Um, I, I found that like allowing my mind to be the mind and just, just like my lungs are my lungs, my, my bowels are my bowels, my hair grows, you know, my, mm-hmm. my skin flakes off my teeth are my teeth. My, my mouth salivates. My mind thinks my heart mm-hmm. beats. My mind thinks it does just what it does. And meditation has taught me not to chase every thought down the drain, you know? Um, and that I'm not my thoughts. And that was a pretty revolutionary thing to hear a couple years ago. It's like, dude, you're not, <laughs> you know, you're not, a, you, what, what, there's a phrase, there's a great ism that's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I lost it. But it's like, yeah, you're not your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. Um, and uh, Joel and Steve try to remember what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> Joel and Steve are up past their bedtime trying to talk about really complicated things they didn't really research. Right. <laughs> that's that's legit. That's fair. I mean, the research's been done on the cushion, I guess. Sure. I mean, you've been practicing for a little, little bit now. Has, has, a, I'm not, curious, not quite a has year. The, has the novelty of it wore off? Like, is it, no, is it like, is it now a practice that you're kind of like, oh, this is a, this it's is a marathon. A I, I'm, I'm definitely into a, a place of like, I just do it. Yeah. But I feel like, um, tip of the iceberg, you know, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. The beginner's mind, like, even that concept is like, oh, that's interesting. Mm hmm. Like I'm really open to possibilities and, and open to yeah. reading and 
open to um i mean it's it's this sounds just as basic as learning how to pronounce tick not han <laughs> like seriously yeah man you look at yeah. that how do yeah. you say that well it's tick not han yeah yeah and then learning about him yeah as a yeah. person and how yes. he's why he is the person that he is today yeah yeah if you don't know tick not han Definitely, definitely check out Thich Nhat Hanh. I, for our listeners, I'm I'm currently reading um, his book No Mud No Lotus that my wife has had in her drawer and has read a couple of times that I just haven't read yet. Um, but I'm currently reading that super good. And he has his his monastery in France, Plum Village, has an app mm-hmm. that has great tons of meditations in it for total for fun and for free. Mm-hmm. You can donate to them if you want. They don't care. It's not like you don't have to, you don't have to pay a hundred bucks a year for headspace. You can have all the meditations you could ever want with the plum village app. Um, that's really awesome. Um, you, but you mentioned, I should, I, you, you need to have the book and my brother gave it to me so I can freely give it to you. The book, um, Zen mind beginners mind. You need okay. to read Ro- I'm in. Suzuki Roshi's book. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm open to all that. Like I, I shouldn't have yeah. read that book. Why Buddhism is true first. <laughs> Not I, I, that's what i did though oh my god maybe it was good that i did i don't know just tell off that bandage i'm glad i my my therapist mentioned that book today because there's i mean there's a lot of good there's just it was a good i needed that book because it was like there's scientific proof it's not just woo woo <laughs> spirituality there's a scientific reason why this stuff works and when you do it you can just focus on the scientific benefits and it's just as beneficial and I think, I, okay, so maybe there is that, some of that to me, like like my beginner, whatever you want to call it, meditation practice has had very concrete results. It's I've seen yes. like in a, just a pragmatic way, like it's just working. Yes. Yep. And that's all I really need to know. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's something that I should probably continue to learn about. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm way more interested in that than, I don't know, studying Bible passages. Yeah. Not that there's not some wisdom in there, thanks to which, you know, another shout out to Rob Bell. But like, like, for example, we just started into Lent. So like I'm doing a Mm -hmm. Lenten observance, which Mm -hmm. is that I'm watching what I eat. Just the, I mean, the Mm -hmm. quantity. Yeah. That's my thing. Which... What's that's the point of the Lent Lent restriction is the is it's a mindfulness practice if you really think about it. Correct. I mean it's yeah, totally agreed. like yeah hundred percent yeah. Like tonight yeah. I was looking at my finished plate of food and looking at my daughter's plates of food, which I knew was going to have leftovers <laughs> on it, and I'm like I kind of want to eat that too because it's really good, you know. And then, and I then just I'm going to go. Like, right. No, I'm I'm not going to do that tonight. Yeah, I'm going to get up. Which and, is that's mindful. Yeah, it's yeah, mindful. Being mindful. Yep. Fasting restriction, that's all mindful that you know, mm-hmm. renunciation. Yeah, sure. I was, uh, uh, I was, I was, you know, back to that, um, why Buddhism is true. One thing that blew my mind, I was, you know, maybe meditating, you know, 10 to 15 minutes tops a day and maybe five minutes at night to sort of calm down. And then I read somewhere or somebody told me, it might have even been my therapist recently was like, well, you know, science, it's a lot of studies have proven that it, it isn't until about 20, 25 minutes that the actual parasympathetic state starts to kick in where you oh, start wow. to let go of the fight. 
the fight, flight, or freeze. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, if you're ready for it, maybe you, you know, sit past 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And it was like, I just had to double everything. And it was like, wow, there's more here. And it's absolutely true that I'm finding, I look, I, now with, with longer and longer sits, I'm look, I look forward to that time. Whereas before it looked like, I don't know where I'm going to find that extra 15, 20 minutes. Mm. And now it's like, I'd, I'll do whatever to get that extra 15, mm. you know, that's, like, I'm like, that's where it's really starting to sparkle. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, that's when scientifically, I mean, that, that's the cool thing is, and Josh has told me this early on. He's like, you know, people have often said that like Buddha was actually probably one of the first psychotherapists or psychologists really, because he, he studied his own, he sat with his own mind and, and sat with it enough that he kind of transcended a lot of the things that were, you know, obviously that's enlightenment. He transcended the attachments, you know, he was, he freed himself from those things. And, um, you know, that's possible for anybody if you do the work. And I, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of truth to that because, you know, I mean, my, my therapist now is like, he's, he's officially, you know, trained in mindfulness based stress reduction, which Mm. is essentially meditation. (laughs) You know, it's like meditation. It's like a clinical way to get paid to to be a meditation teacher, I guess. Sure. And not have to rely on a good way to go actually. Sounds like a great deal. I Mm -hmm. dude, why did I go to acting school, Steve? I don't know. (laughs) Because you're, because that's what you were called to do at the time. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I, I really am. It's really cool to, to get to talk to you about meditation too. Cause you know, like as you've practiced as well and, and getting to talk to my brother and other people in my circles, like it, it, it makes it feel like it's more something that is, is, I don't know. I had a lot of pre, I had a lot of judgments about it. I thought it was, mm. I, I had a lot of things. It was like, well, yeah, it's just a cop out or it's like, you're just trying to sound interesting and cool. And well, I'm sure there are people that do that, but it's a lot different when you're actually practicing. Uh, earlier this evening, do you remember that movie? Uh, the one, the John Cusack movie with the record store, High Fidelity. Oh yeah, we just watched that not too long ago. That's such a good movie. Yeah, but uh, Tim Robbins' character in that movie. Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's the example. Yeah, of, with the pony. Like t- yeah, the yeah, beads. the new the new age meditation guy. Yeah. Like, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Is there fuck an air conditioner guy. I can drop on his head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the, the, the stereotype of the, uh, you know, the total, like, spaced out idiot that just claims, to, it puts on the, well, well it's just like. And, dude, I've, and been I a even, fan of, I've been a fan of the Grateful Dead for over 30 years. I'm right. pretty used to people saying, oh, you must be a spaced out idiot. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, that phrase that I think a lot of the times gets taken out of context, but the idea like if you meet the Buddha on the path, kill, kill him, meaning that if you meet somebody that is professing to be the Buddha, that person is not that's that's the most kind of harm. So I, I hesitate, like saying on this podcast that I've got it all figured out. I'm just like discovering this stuff. I might cringe in a year listening to this. Right. But, you know. I don't know. I think it's also kind of a responsibility to share what I'm going, you know, share what I share, what we go through. You, that's kind of the point too, is that you try to share the, 
share the goodness, I guess. Turn your friends on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not fuck, dude. I mean, yeah. If you know me or you're listening to this podcast, you know me that I'm not trying to say that I'm enlightened and got it all figured out. I, I'm still a noob really in all, in all kinds of respects, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been the most consistent prayer slash meditation I've ever done my whole recovery. And you guys have been telling me to do that for fucking 19 ever. years yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> daily it says daily in there daily. Know? Yeah. We talked about Continue. that today. Like, yeah. Uh, at the nooner. Yeah. Yeah. Daily reprieve. It's a daily reprieve. And what a, and that's been my takeaway from the last year or so is like, what a wonderful way to engage in that process. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. just, it's been really, it's been really fantastic. Um, like, I, I really feel like I have a new lease on life. Yeah. Like I literally feel that way because of this blooming, infant mm. practice is like i have a new lease on life at pushing 50 mm. and that's pretty incredible you know what is that i i think i i know what you mean but what does that look like for you like what what feels what feels freer now because of a blooming very infant practice steve like what um, feels i i really have this feeling of as cliche as it sounds like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Like there's a, a really, there's a foundation there that is built out of some pretty fucked up quicksand, you yeah. know? Right. But that's been yeah. like, that's been mitigated, right. Mm-hmm. Arrested, mm-hmm. whatever firmed up, you know, a life is not yeah. a dumpster fire today. Right. Right. And like, I've got some really positive things and some roots and some, concrete and so now what has opened up is like as opposed to feeling like well i guess that's done you know like no Mm -hmm. no no it's it's just the beginning yeah it's just the beginning and yeah my Mm -hmm. physical carriage is has some miles on it a few dents the meat the meat suit, the meat suit. Yeah. Like I could really use a new spine. That'd be fantastic. If I could get some new vertebrae, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but the, um, but like it, 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 but through meditation, like I've seen how small an issue that is. Mm. It's just something that is, it's not something that I am. And that's like fucking I, profound. Steve, like I am because not, every, I am not Steve's back pain, which is omnipresent, right? Mm. Um, but that's not who I am. It's just a thing that's happening. Because like two years ago, probably, when I was in mm. on the road all the time, driving, my back killing, mm-hmm. and my tinnitus and my ears making me crazy, and mm-hmm. everything, you know, like there was uh, like uh, there were times where I'm like I don't want to do this anymore. I do mm. not want to do this anymore. This sucks. Mm-hmm. And through, I mean, it helps that some of the external circumstances have changed. I have a much better job, you know, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But like those things are no longer mastering me. They're just a thing that's happening. 
And so, and that frees me up then to do things like take guitar lessons, to be present for my children, to try to be present mm -hmm. in my marriage, to try to um, excel at my work and to enjoy yeah. all of that. So yeah. that when the opportunity is, hey, you want to go play guitar in a country band? To say, yes, I would love to do that. Mm. You know, like right. that, that's like I can see me at 60 and at 70 still be out mm. there having fun, doing cool stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and that's I, I, that that's is like the I best. think about instead of like, oh my god, I'm in pain. And that's the I was like I can't I have to say this that that's like the best description of the practice is that when we allow all of it to happen and we just see it clearly as a thing that's happening, it's not something that we have to run away from, numb out, ignore. Mm -hmm. um, fight against because that's making it worse. I it's it, it you know and and my thing you know one of the big very early benefits that I experienced was when I started really seeing my lifelong anxiety as something that was physically harming me mm. but also spiritually and and mentally harming me and it was going to it was going to take me out in one way or another mm. you know that that my anxiety and depression was gonna, and I'm not saying that meditation is the cure for those things. And, and if you need other and, and professionals and medication, please do that. But my case was what I needed to do was just not identify with it and not fight against it. Not say mm -hmm. that I am this wound up, uh, overly excitable, but also overly self-critical and self-loathing, um, scared to do anything person. Yeah. And that that's been the story. And that's been the story my whole life, like to do adventurous things as a kid. I mean, I didn't learn how to fucking ride a bicycle till I was in fifth or sixth grade because I was just terrified to do it. And I didn't mm -hmm. want to look stupid, you know, and like all of those things that my anxiety has always kind of been this thing that is like, the more I fight it, the worse it, it grabs me. And, and I knew that I needed to do something about it. And there's a lot of other circumstances that go into that, but same story. It's like, I can sit with this. This is a thing that's happening. Oh, I'm sitting and breathing. Thinking is happening. Mm -hmm. No, that's just my brain thinking. And it's telling me X, Y, Z. And that's not me. I am not my anxiety. <laughs> I am not. I'm not Joel's anxiety. I am not Joel's anxiety. In fact, if you can be, if you can observe, I mean, that's the cool thing about meditation. If you can observe that thing that's going on, then the next question is who's, who's the one that's observing? Mm. and that that's not a self or identity and then you think well everybody is having these experiences and you start to kind of feel a little more universal with others and that we're all either attaching or fighting against our own suffering and making it worse until we kind of can step back from it doesn't mean the bad shit doesn't happen and it doesn't make us perfect but it means that we can observe it and not chase every shit thought down the drain you know I don't, I don't know who you said this, but recently I heard the thing of, and I wish to God I could get the credit for it, but um, the thing of like, you know, the person goes to see the teacher and asks, you know, like who, I, I want to know who I, you know, who am I? And the teacher says, well, mm -hmm. who's asking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a, I was like, oh my God. Well, yeah. And that's sort of like a, almost a Zen koan 
mm-hmm. poem thing, like, you know, thing that sort of just, you know, baffles your mind for a good reason. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, I mean, if you can sit there and observe your thoughts, then who's observing? I, I just did a Josh Corda podcast talk and sit where it was all about the, the not self, that weird thing that the Buddha talked about, which like, there is no self. And it's like, but that's real. Like, uh, you know, I can look at all my memories and all of my past fears and all of my hopes and the things I like and all of, all of these, the clothes I wear, the books I read, the shows I watch. And I try to tell myself that that's myself, mm-hmm. but not, not one of those things make me me. And if I look within my lungs, don't make me me. My thoughts don't make me me. My hair doesn't mm-hmm. make me. So, you know, so it's like, yeah. Anyway, the idea of, of, of observing oneself, then what is, who is that that's doing the observing? And you can probably go even further into that, you know? And it's like, but the, I don't know, I guess back to your point, it's really cool to hear you say that like when you allowed the pain to just be pain, Mm -hmm. it stopped being the thing that kept you from enjoying life or having peace. Yeah. That revolutionary. And, and it costs nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Little time. Mm-hmm. Pretty good deal, really. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, did, have we done it? Did we do it? Yeah. May everybody find the thing that frees them from the things that are sinking them. May may everyone be safe. May everybody be healthy. Everybody be happy. And may everybody live with ease. I mean, that's, that's I mean, that's the thing, like that's the point. And I mentioned this in a podcast before, like I don't sit just so that I feel awesome and do I, I, at the end of every sit, I, I, you have to do that. I have to dedicate it. I dedicate it to all living beings because it, with, if it doesn't benefit anybody, if it's only benefiting myself and like, Oh, I'm free from my anxiety. And so I'm going to go out there and be a dick to everybody. It's like, that's, that's not the point. Well, that's, I really <laughs> enjoyed is, Brian's comment the other night about, you know, the point of economics is to get the maximum good for the most people. I, I never heard economics being yeah. described like that. I've always yeah, heard like, you get the most it's, good it's, for the most people. It's the same thing. And that, and there's, and if you think about a spiritual economy, there's, there's nothing, there's no waste in a spiritual economy. Right. right. And that's what we're taught in recovery too. There's no waste. No Even in, in, in the Buddhist path, there's no waste in a, in a spiritual economy. Everything can be recycled, up, up cycled, uh, you know, um, everything can be, you know, our shit past have been turned into the most precious thing in our life, which is mm-hmm. experience and strength and hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a good day. On a good day. Yeah. <laughs> if we're, if we're in the good, if we're in, do, in the good spot. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of resources out there, y'all. I mean, I really um, love, if you want to start practicing, um, we've mentioned a couple of books, but Thich Nhat Hanh has a small little, great little, like almost barely a book called How to Sit. And it's mm. really, it's really easy. Um, the Plum Village app, you can find it's it on fantastic. All. It's amazing. I really like one of the first Sharon Salzberg. I've mentioned her a lot tonight, meditation I listened to. I love that she says, she makes a point to say, you don't have to feel like you're doing anything weird. Yeah. 
<laughs> she actually is like, you don't have to feel like you're doing anything even special. You just, just yeah. sit or don't. Yeah. It's like, how, how can I sit? I don't have enough tapestries. I don't have enough incense. I don't have the robes. <laughs> I know I don't have got have some right, around here somewhere. I, I don't have the right beads. Yeah. I'm sitting. Yeah. I'm sitting on an old couch. Right. So the Plum Village app, I really love. There's a lot of good books out there too. There's how to sit, but there's also, um, uh, Steve mentioned Thich Nhat Hanh. There's another one I'm reading, uh, uh, No Mundo Lotus, but that book that we read, um, uh, Why Buddhism is True. I mean, obviously there's tons of books out there, but get in where you fit in. And there's apps. There's tons of things on YouTube for free. Tons. Um, yeah, try it out. And you're know. not late to the party. There is no late to the party. There is no late to the party. Just come on in. <laughs> Let's do this. You just got to be willing to kind of sit with yourself for at least 10 minutes, which yeah. is sometimes a really scary thought to some folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Love you, dude. Love you too. It's been good. Love you all. Absolutely. Yeah. Word. Word. <laughs> <laughs>